Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and I'm passionate about helping you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals in life and business. Well, in collaboration with the Behind the Lids podcast, which I also happen to host, I'm excited to share with you my conversation with Crystal Mo Wong, self-described human design junkie, certified breathwork facilitator, and eighth grade math teacher. Today, we're talking all about human design, which is a very specific way to learn more about your personality, emotions, and energy centers, and it's based on your birth date, birth time, and birth location. You are going to absolutely love Crystal and her passion for human design for sure. In today's conversation, she shares how she became interested in human design and how it impacted her life, where human design originated and what it's all about, and the five human design types and how they are unique. Now, Crystal is teaching a class at Behind the Lids in Costa Mesa, California on Saturday, March 18th, 2023 called Intro to Human Design. You'll hear us talk about that. If you're interested, you can check it out at behindthelids.com slash calendar. But even if you're listening to this past that date, you're going to love this conversation. And it's a great kindergarten, well, maybe fifth grade level introduction to human design, which I kept it at that level because that's what I needed. You know, I'm new to this, so I'm learning and growing. So anyway, you're going to love our conversation. Let's jump into this great interview with Crystal Mo Wong. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. So I know you are so passionate about human design and how it can not only impact other people's lives, but how it's personally impacted your life. Tell me how you became interested in human design and how you've integrated the concepts and the learnings that you've had into your own life and relationships. I became first aware of human design a a couple years ago, coming right out of the pandemic. I I call this phase my freedom to explore phase of life. And I started listening to this podcast. Uh, It was called Past Lives and the Divine. And um, they're, they're mainly about past life regressions and astrology. Yet someone on the astrology episode mentioned that they had a human design reading and it was very brief, but the way they described it really piqued my interest. And I, right, right after that, I went onto the internet and ran my chart. Cause you can do that. You can run your chart online for free. However, once I pulled it up, I was overwhelmed. There's just so much going on in there. Right. You've seen a chart. Um, so I, I just felt like, okay, um, where do I start? So I kind of had to, because I didn't buy anything. So I had to go to Google and piecemeal some things and try to understand it on my own. And it just ended up being a really big job. And so I kind of put it on the back burner for a little while. And it wasn't really until Mandy had Dylan, the human design maven, come on and teach a workshop at Behind the Lids last year that re-sparked my interest. And then from then I've been doing like a, a nosedive into all things human design. Um, by this time, I've I've read a few books, and I've even had a cert. I've done a certification course uh, in human design so that I could help people, you know, like me, understand their body graphs to you know, ultimately appreciate themselves and all their unique glory. Yeah. So, so for me, like my, I've been on this journey with human design of self discovery and. And through that, growing into my self-acceptance and self-love. And I feel human design has really given me this gift of appreciating myself and all my uniqueness. And has really helped me make sense of uh, things that originally I thought were flaws in me or ways that um, I was somehow doing it wrong because I didn't fit in. Um, and human design has given me the gift of knowing that, no, I'm, I'm not designed to do that. That's not how, how I'm supposed to go through life. 
And so it's just kind of broken my heart open um, with self-compassion, self-love. And I've just really enjoyed um, getting back in touch with my body. Um, I think we all live in our heads a little bit. And so this has been helping me a helpful tool in dropping into my body uh, intuition. And it's honestly helped me make a lot of decisions on the spot. Wow. Now, how would you say human design has helped you in a different way than perhaps other? And I hate to call human design a personality test because I know it's so much more than that. But that's kind of the category that it fits in in terms of like understanding ourselves. Right. And we'll get into the uh, nitty gritty of you know human design in a minute. But how would you say that human design has helped you in a different way than perhaps other tests or experiences that you've taken? Like, I don't know if you've done, you know, obviously there's old school disc, there's Myers-Briggs, there's Enneagram, there's Berkman, there's, you know, all these different things. I was going to mention Enneagram. I was thinking about that because um, back in like my Christian circles, I've heard about Enneagram and I really was excited about Enneagram for a while. And I think the, and it, Enneagram also helps you understand yourself. Um, it helps you understand your trauma-informed responses a lot. And so I think that's kind of the launch pad from where um, that comes from. And the the human design is, for me, it's just who we came here to be. And it really helped us align with our purpose and, and how we can go into um, a more fulfilling life. And, and it really kind of explains some ways of why we have been running into some roadblocks or um, I have my, one of my design profiles, my profile line is a three, five. And part of that is learning by experience and failing. And so some people with that profile line can feel like, why am I so unlucky? Why do I keep failing at things? And, and really it is art by design that I, I try by experiment in there. And I've really grown to love that about myself. And, and I'll just dive head into something that maybe I'm not so uh, experienced in, but I learned so much by the experience and by the failures. And it's more encouraging than discouraging. Um, so like, again, it gives me com- more compassion for myself. And this is how I was designed. So we had a Jen Sinclair on recently to talk about um, astrology and astro- astrological birth charts. And one of the questions that I asked her was, why astrology versus some other, you know, way of understanding life. And I think it probably, as you said, you were interested in the Enneagram at one point and now, you know, human design has captured your heart and it seems like at different seasons, Mm -hmm. different resources or tools are brought into our lives for different reasons to help us, you know, develop that self-compassion or understanding, I think. And I love, I love your answer of self-compassion. Like that seems like, oh my gosh, we all need more of that self-understanding and self-compassion. It sounds like you're really two big things. Yeah. And and also what I loved about Enneagram that I also love about human design is that it helps me understand the people around me, the people that I love. And also human design does just that um, with understanding some of my open centers uh, versus someone that's close to me that has a defined center and how they impact me. Um, and also with the, with the difference between Enneagram and human design is that Enneagram is kind of like you know, you take a test and you answer these questions and it, and it places you in this, or you read all those profiles and you kind of pick which one fits you the most. And I feel like it's a little more sure bet with human design because you're putting mm. your specific birth date, the time of birth, the place of birth, your exact place on the planet. So it's 
it's very like, nope, this is <laughs> this is your human design. Instead of, I think I've, I mean, I've talked to some people with Enneagram. They're like, I think I'm an eight, or I think I'm a seven, and I've no, I think you're this. So it's more of like uh, less confusion around what exactly your number is versus your human design. Right, right. Okay, so somebody who's never heard of, of human design before, give us a a short educational outline of this. You are a teacher. Come on now. Teach us like we're, I know you teach what, eighth grade math? Is that right? Yes, I teach Okay. Teach us human design like we're first graders or in kindergarten. And specifically, you know, I'm quite interested in where this came from because it's a very complex system. And I'm like, where did this, where on earth did this come from? Yes. And let me just start. Can I just say that I'm feeling a bit of imposter syndrome because I'm still learning and I'm still integrating as we speak. And I don't want to come across as like the expert that I know everything about human design, but I am willing to share like what I've learned for myself and uh, how I've integrated it and all of those kind of things. So hey, I'm, in, I'm in human design kindergarten. So you're, you're, you're in. <laughs> You're like in human design, like 12th grade. So you're way ahead of me. So you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> I mean, human design is traditionally very hard to explain. Um, it could also be thought of as something very simple because it's like the science of differentiation where um, every single person has a different chart. So it's based on your unique design and how every person interprets their design is going to be different. Um, so with that being said, um, the initial way that I found it to be helpful was that it helps you make like the right decisions at the right time. So each person has a specific authority type um, and a strategy on accessing their authority. So for example, my authority is my sacral center. I'm a generator. Uh, David, you're a manifester. Your authority, I believe, is your emotional center. So um, I can make these decisions right on the spot. And by listening to my body, you're, you have an emotional wave to go through. So you're going to tend to sleep on it, wait a day. And so some of us feel pressure by other people to, to answer right away or or whatever it is, and we're, we're pressured to stay in our head, in our logic. And so this is a way to really honor your body. Um, and as far as where it comes from, so the creator of human design is uh, referred to as Ra'uruhu. His original name is Alan Krakauer. He's from Canada. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't Alan Krakauer, that sounds like such a cheesy name for human design. I got to come up with something different. I'm sure it was way more spiritual than that. But if my my marketing <laughs> genius is like, no, I think rah, rah, rah. So that sounds like way more cool. Okay, that's uh, really... <laughs> okay, sorry, Ra Uru. It's, yes. That was very inappropriate of me. Um, okay, but it is funny, right? We were like, yeah, it's got to be a cooler name for somebody who comes up with something this amazing. Exactly. When when I heard of his name as Ra Uru, who I I did not picture the picture that I saw. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, <laughs> so it is said that he claimed that human design is for children to allow them to be raised in the, a way that's specific to their design and um, unique to them. So they avoid this general conditioning that's applied to uh, young humans at, um, as they grow up. And it seems to um, lead them to living more of these fulfilling or less frustrating lives when you live outside of your design. And so what's happened is a lot of people, they did not grow up with human design. So they're learning to decondition. So there's something called this deconditioning process. Mm -hmm. um, I can go into the science of it, but I don't think the kindergartners are ready for this, right? Maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> now I found what's interesting, and maybe you don't have this on hand, but I, I believe I read, he like 
kind of quote unquote downloaded this whole concept yeah. over the course of how many days or eight, how long? Eight, eight days. Eight, yeah, eight days in trance in Ibiza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. so complex. I don't know how any human being could come up with this in eight days. Yeah. And no, and actually some of the science that has been like the bedrock of his discovery that he wrote a book on um, hasn't been proven until 2015. And he, this was published in 1991. So uh, yeah, so this download, I think was meant to kind of get humans back on track, so to speak, uh, steer, like steer the gores. Like, okay, we need, we need help. I'm remembering who you are. We've lost track of who we are. We've, we've come from um, an age where like even the school system, we're still stuck in this way of doing things the same way that we did um, in the fifties, in the forties. And we're obviously in a very different culture in a very different time and don't need the same kind of jobs to be filled as we did back then. Yet there's something about our system that kind of limits us from being creative, from stepping outside of the box. And that kind of keeps us like into dependency on this, you know, other that's mm-hmm. really not looking out for the best in each of us. Right. So I want to point out that you said he he came up with this Received it, downloaded it, whatever. You said in 1991? Well, 1991 was the the time he published the book. This happened in in 1987. This is really relatively new and so profound for so many people. Uh, It's quite amazing. Well, something about how profound it is is because he has um, paired it with uh, age-old traditions like the the I Ching, for example, which is like 3,000 years of practice and also with astrology. So uh, there's this, if you look at human design, the body graph is in this triangle and then on the outside are these mandalas. Um, on the very outside of the mandala is the, the I Ching, where the, all the different hexagrams of like the archetypes and then on the inside is the astrology, like the the different zodiac signs. And so like getting really complicated the the cele- like celestial bodies the sun like have these like little particles called neutrinos that pass through the earth at every second and like a trillion of them pass through humans every day and they put an imprint on us at the exact time of our birth and then also like you know three months before you're born called your soul conception time too so you have like your unconscious and your conscious uh side of the human design <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> that was like fifth grade level right there like whoa that went fifth grade yeah that was good though i liked it okay so basically what i hear we've got this guy who has this download 1987 he publishes his book in 1991 and then um people start obviously integrate it sounds like he's integrated it into some other um older traditions in order to create a, a deeper experience okay mm-hmm. that was my f- kindergarten level understanding now now what's fascinating is that and i know for people that are listening that are you know educated in human design they're going duh dave this is so elementary hey i'm just trying to catch on to this (laughs) date date time and location that Mm -hmm. that that all of this is determined Mm-hmm. By the day that we're born, the time that we're born, and the location on the planet that we're born, that because of this, we have a certain way of of experiencing the world. That just blows my mind. Yeah, and I and I know for people that are into astrology and birth chart, that's secondhand. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course, that's how it is. But you know, that's pretty unique. Yes. Okay, yeah. and you're saying it's because something in the sun is hitting us at that moment. 
well, most of these neutrinos come from the sun, um, but no, like other celestial bodies, like bodies, like all the planets, um, Jupiter has got a few in there that <laughs> affect. So you, I don't know if you've looked deeply at a chart, but you can see all of the celestial bodies listed that starts with the sun and the earth, then the moon, and then it goes down there for like Mercury and so on and so forth, like all the way down. And it has a specific number that, you know, aligns to these gates or these, yeah. <laughs> archetypes. <laughs> so good. Okay. So briefly walk us through the five human design types. You mentioned earlier that I'm a manifester. Um, I'm still learning what that all means, but so there's manifester, manifesting generator, generator, projector, and reflector. Yeah. So take them in whatever order you want, but maybe just briefly describe each one of these types and how that person experiences life uniquely. Yeah, sure. So we'll start with the manifestors. Uh, they're in the minority as they're only around 8% of the population. Um, so historically, these manifestors have been leaders, rulers, lawmakers, um, and they're the ones who make things happen. Uh, to use a simple and somewhat simple analogy, let's go with like starting a business. Manifestors are the people who have like the vision of this amazing, profitable, or necessary business. That makes sense. Yes. Um, they also resist any kind of control and generally have a deep impact on other people. So, David, do you relate to any of this as a manifesto? Uh, yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, for sure. Now, I'm a you're now I'm a, am I a manifester or a manifesting generator? Or you're, you're a manifester. I'm a straight you manifester. You don't have okay. a so that that makes you you know you're man, you're a manifester. You have more open centers than us generators do. And yep. and manifesting generators are actually under the generator type. So it's kind of like they split off the mm -hmm. generators and the manifest, but, but they both have the defined sacral center. Um, so I think what's interesting, even about the things that you said, you know, one of the things that I love about um, whether it's human design or other types of resources like this is that that self-compassion, because the parts of us that can feel so, weighty or uncomfortable or whatever it's like oh, okay I, I can't help but kind of have this um outlook on life or this way of operating yeah. and then i think it comes into well how do i take responsibility for it yeah. you know and then utilize it in a certain way you know it's like i wish sometimes i could just go with the flow i wish i could just you know what i mean <laughs> like why do i have to have a strong opinion about something like god just go with the flow dave jeez David, that kind of reminds me because I have a manifesting daughter. Like my 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 daughter is a manifester, and uh, and I've heard that manifester children have a really hard time growing up because they kind of feel so independent and like they don't need anybody telling them what to do and they just want to go get it. And it scares the hell out of their parents. <laughs> like, <laughs> their parents want to control them, and so right. they're, they're protect them. Protect them, and there's like a little bit of a power struggle. So, um, and I could just see my daughter, and I, I'm wanting so hard to to raise her and and all her unique glory, but I'm also fighting against my own conditioning and not wanting to pass that down. So, yes, I'm doing this work too, like fiercely to to be a better parent to my children. Mm, so good. Okay, so manifestor. So move on to the next one. Sure. Okay. So. The next two, as I as I described, the generators and the manifesting generators. Um, so um, we'll we'll start with the generators because they're a little bit more the population. They're about thirty six, and uh, the manifesting generators about thirty two percent. So our generators are the enthusiastic workers who seem to never run out of energy when they're busy doing what they love. Uh, they make up like the mass of human energy in, on the planet. Um, so collaborating and having common goals are important to them. 
they're these worker bees that find um find like life and getting things done and having a job well done. It gives them a lot of satisfaction. So in this business analogy, they are the workers who like drive the vision that like a manifester would set forth. Um, And so that's me. (laughs) I'm a generator. Um, And then back going into the manifesting generators, that's my, my sister, Mandy. Um, I believe that these manifesting generators are kind of the superhumans of design as they have the abilities and the weaknesses of both the manifestors and the generators. Um, So they can not only like envision something like starting a a business or creating something, but they can also have the energy to follow through and do the work to see that vision come true. Um, So the manifesting generator would, let's say, see potential in a thriving business or create one of their own and then have the energy to do the labor and to like be a part of almost like everything in that business to make sure it can be as great as it could be. And they'll they'll feel like they have the energy to do that where the manifestors might not have all of that energy to, to be in the day to day. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So mm, I feel like I resonate more with manifesting generator than (laughs) manifester just because I have over the course of my life had big visions and then been right in the middle of, you know what I mean? I've got tons of energy to like make it happen, but obviously yeah. it's not about what I feel. It's about what Alan Krakow decided mm-hmm. that I should feel. <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. Um, okay. I need to, I, I'm definitely, definitely need to continue learning more. Okay. So now tell us about the projector. Okay. So the projectors, um, they're slightly more of the populace than the manifestors. They're around 22%. Um, these people are quite the opposite from generators as they're not meant to work, (laughs) but rather to like direct others and guide them to live their most fulfilling life. Um, and also to enhance the collective good. These are like the mentors and the coaches and leaders, um, the leaders that are a bit more passive as they can like share their gifts, only if they're invited to do so. And also if these gifts are recognized, um, they place a high priority on mutual respect, community assistance, and being empathic to others. Um, Think like a business coach or someone who uh, can help align and draw out the best out of the other four types um, and gently nudge them into living out their design type. Love that. Okay. And then the fifth one, reflector reflectors so these are the rarest of the types i have yet to pull a chart on a reflector um they're only one percent of the population so they have no defined centers they're completely white um and they reflect the energies of other people so they're and they're very open they're open to all of the world and all of the people around them um they get their name as a reflector because they're like a mirror um uh, to like whatever current frequency is around them they're empathetic uh, and they can see the world through the eyes of others. So if I were going to go back to the analogy of a business, reflectors would almost be like the marketing team who can identify like culture trends and and how this would fit into the world in the future and understand, you know, why how and why people would receive the business. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I know that was super brief, which is probably <laughs> difficult to do um, okay. because there's so much depth. If mm-hmm. you were to help us say, okay, I understand that I'm going to receive and understand my type, but there's so many other intricacies of a a human design chart. What are some other categories? Let's just say you talked about open versus defined. Mm -hmm. Maybe start there. What does that mean? Well, this is definitely something that I'm going to be sharing in my upcoming class. Uh, so you'll see that you have these different like geometric shapes, like triangles and squares um, that are all through your body graph. 
and having an open uh, or a white center would mean that you are very receptive to people around you and to what other people are feeling and sensing. So for example, I have an open solar plexus and you have a defined solar plexus. So you're meant to be feeling your feelings. You're the emotional, I'm the non-emotional. However, us non-emotional people can almost seem like the real emotional ones because we're sensing and amplifying um, what you're feeling. So you might be feeling like a level four angry, but I would be sensing that at seven. I'd be like, what's wrong, David? What's going on? Tell me. And you'd be like, chill out. I'm not that mad. I'm getting madder. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I, I, I sense this because my defined, my, I have an undefined center and I'm, I'm really getting that read. And I've always thought of myself as a, an empathetic person and I could sense emotions and energies. And so it was really cool to see that in my body graph and go, okay, that's why that makes total sense. And sometimes when I feel like I feel other people's feelings so strong as if they're my own and that's exactly why. Um, but so that's one aspect, understanding your open centers. And I'll go over those in, in the class, but also there's something called a profile line. I don't know if you've heard of your what your line was. So my example was that I'm a three five. So the first number is your conscious number. And then the second one is your unconscious. And this kind of explains more like the Enneagram kind of personality type or your archetype. And there's also digestion. Uh, when and uh, what environment would you be the most comfortable to digest food that would be more helpful to your brain function and your body function? There's... Uh, what else? Oh, your incarnation cross that kind of outlines your purpose and how what you've come here to do. Uh, I I love my cross, my incarnation cross. It's it's the <laughs> it's the left angle, no, the right angle cross of love. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I am definitely on this planet to love. And actually, what was interesting was to love myself in such a way that it inspires others to love themselves. And I've only recently come onto this loving myself more. Um, trip. So I feel like it, this is just such an alignment of when I'm learning about human design and when I'm learning to love myself, it's come together like super beautifully. But anyway, mm -hmm. so there's, there's a lot of other things that a you lot can of layers. the the channels, so many things. So <laughs> fun. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Um, how has human design been part of your spiritual journey? I know you said a couple years ago through the pandemic, you started exploring, you called it your what phase? What did you call that? My freedom to explore. Freedom to explore. Yeah. How has human design then been part of that ex exploration? Well, it's not only like, I don't think if, if I was back into my, my Christian circle, I would say, because I, I still hold some, some faith um, around that, that religion. I don't have the religion, but I have some of the faith. So, but I had a lot of black and white feelings on things that I can and can't explore. And so um, if you were to show me this human design or uh, talk about this with me, I would just immediately write it off as like something that's like astrology and that's fake and that's not real. That's some people that are looking for God that are trying to do. So like, I would just kind of poo-poo it away. So it's really been like at such a great time where I'm actually open and going, you know what, this stuff isn't scary. Learning these different modalities and these different ways to understand yourself and others aren't all bad and it's okay to learn and it's okay to take what fits and leave the rest. And so I, that's a lot of what I hear in some of my spiritual, uh, like my past life and the divine, like take what fit resonates and just leave the rest. And it's, it's a very much freeing to a way to live and way to explore the world. And so human design uh, also kind of 
feeds into my desire to understand humans, understand people. My like my psychology. I once thought I was going to be a counselor. Uh, I'm a teacher now, and I, I remember going through. Uh, some parent conferences, I had a parent tell me, you should be a counselor, girl. Like you just like, you're really good at that. And so I almost thought, okay, yeah, I I, I do love communicating with my students in a way that helps them be feel more whole and feel loved and safe. And so this just also is another way for me to connect with my students too. I've actually had permission from uh, students to run their human design charts. And I got to tell you, the ones that I run with the projectors, Oh my gosh, they the the look on their face where they can they feel like, oh my gosh, you see me, you understand me. Wow. This is why I'm like this. And and I've also heard that projectors almost feel like that they're like the most lost because mm. the world and culture really values like the manifestors that get things done, go out productivity. And, get and they don't have that energy. They're a non-energy type. So like mm. they might feel like there's something wrong with them. And yeah. just to feel like the weight lifted, um, like, oh. Oh my gosh, I'm okay. I'm meant to be like this. This is good. And I love the project. Like you heard how I described the projectors. These sure. they're like the leaders of today because uh, they're the compassionate ones. They're not these, uh, they just want to be in control. They they want to see what's what's great in you and help you like access that and and direct it. So I just I don't know. I've all the projector students that I've run, they they just light up and that lights me up. And so it's it's just a confirmation that I'm on the right path of um, understanding this world, how we all fit in it, and how we can make it a better place. I love that. All right. So tell us about your upcoming class, Intro to Human Design. When is it happening and what will people experience? Okay. So it's happening next, well, today is Saturday. <laughs> it's happening next Saturday. That's March 18th. Um, and it's going to be at 7 p.m a couple hours. And so my hope is for that people who attend the class will walk away with a greater understanding of how they are uniquely designed and maybe a little bit of insight on why they've responded to life the way they have. So ultimately understanding ourselves more deeply isn't enough. My hope is that we, when we understand it more clearly, um, that people that attend my class will walk away with more of an appreciation and a love for themselves, as well as some helpful strategies on how to experiment with their design uh, to live a more fulfilling and exciting life. So we'll start off with everyone receiving their own personal body graph that's printed out, explaining their type, strategy, and authority. Um, I'll have the profile lines there. I'll even have like a, a little paper clipped on that explains their personal profile line in a little bit more detail and a little bit of a paragraph. Because, you know, I'm a teacher. I, I know my students love their uh halfway filled in notes and um they're called graphic organizers so i i would i would like that myself so i'm going to give that to the students um i'm also going to discuss what it means to have open um undefined centers versus a defined center and actually how that that plays a part in others that they relate to around them um so I will end with questions. And if we don't make it with all their questions, I'll also leave my information so they can get like their own reading um, at a later date. Are there going to be snacks? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are there going to be snacks? <laughs> I just love like everything you describe. I'm like, and then there's a table for snacks. Yeah. <laughs> David, let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so the key point is once um, someone registers, then uh, we'll get in contact with them to get their birth date, yes, time, and location. 
it's really important that at least a few days before the class that um, I have the time to to look up everyone's personal chart um, and that they get the, the time and date right. <laughs> it's really important that their time of birth um, is not just like, oh, I think it was in the morning when we put it there. Yeah, because it's the exact it, will, time. It, will change, it will change some things. However, some of the, the basics that we will be going over in the class, because I'm going to be more heavy on their strategy and authority, because I think that's kind of the starting point of human design. Um, those things will generally be the same, even if they don't know the exact time. So Crystal, who do you think this class is for? Like if you're, you know, there's a lot of people listening and they're going, I don't know if this is fits for me or not. Like what would be a clue that this class is for me? Well, I really think that if you're in a recent place of like disappointment, anger, bitterness, um, that you might feel that the misalignment to your purpose might be at the core of that. I think human design can help you and I can help you find clarity and actually a greater sense of self-acceptance. And ultimately, when you're better aligned to your core purpose, you'll find that you can live a truly fulfilling and exciting life and actually flourish in your life. I love that. All right. So, you know, I want to take us back to the two words that you said in the beginning of how your life had been impacted, self-compassion and self-acceptance, I guess, were the two main things we talked about in the beginning. I love that. And uh, I think we all need that. So Saturday, March 18th, seven o'clock behind the lids in Costa Mesa. If you want to sign up, which you do, I know you do, behindthelids.com slash calendar is where you can find it. Click on intro to human design, sign up, and then we'll get in touch with you to get your birth date, birth time, birth location. And so we can have your chart ready for you at the class. So thank you so much, Crystal. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your inspiration. It's very contagious, your excitement for this. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so blessed to be a part of Behind the Lids, a place that has poured into me in my spiritual journey. And so I get to give back to the community and that just makes my heart so full. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation today. And if you were inspired, challenged, or encouraged in any way, I want to invite you to share this episode with a friend. Tell them to listen to Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app. Pull out your phone, take a screenshot, text it to them. Tell them to check out this episode. And of course, they can always listen on our website at insporising.com slash podcast.